as we really get ready for conference championship weekend in college football right here on the grid and the morning after you know what we need to do when we get to the third and final hour of the morning after on sports grid put your threes up in the air like a college football team going to the fourth quarter when they put their fours up our threes are up now here in happy hour on the morning after on this first day of december a wednesday for you to make you a better and more informed sports better i am ben stevens and you are listening on sirius xm channel 159 the new home for sports grid radio on sirius xm and watching all across the sports grid network so let's dive into it let's get ready for conference championship weekend and also get you ready for what you need to know across the sports landscape thursday night football in the nfl just a day away a big matchup between two teams trying to right the ship right now the dallas cowboys and the new orleans saints the cowboys seem like they're pretty set to make the postseason the saints on the outside looking in at the moment a preview of thursday night football coming up next followed by cam rogers who will join us to talk about the hero world challenge out there in the Bahamas, it's Tiger Woods' event. Tiger Woods spoke to the media yesterday for the first time since that very scary and harrowing car crash last February. What we can learn from Tiger, what his future in the world of golf looks like, and then the value to be had this weekend for the Hero World Challenge. And then Drew Martin Betts joins us, I'm sure, to talk about some conference championship weekend college football and maybe some college hoops as well. So let's dive in. To the college football weekend we have ahead of us. Conference championship Friday and Saturday. It is going to be unreal theater and unreal fun. Let's find you some unreal value right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. This portion of our show is known as the West Coast Wake Up. As we get to the 11 a.m. Eastern hour, 8 a.m. Pacific, we welcome in our West Coast radio audience and everybody joining us here as they wake up out there on the west coast in las vegas this weekend it will be the pac-12 championship game between utah and oregon a top 20 tilt oregon ranked 10th in the latest cfp poll released last night utah number 17 in the country and right now in the FanDuel sportsbook utah is a two and a half point favorite for the pac-12 title game against oregon the line opened up with the utes a three and a half point favorite on this neutral field site in Las Vegas, it has already worked in Oregon's favor by a full point. Why is that interesting? Because Utah was a three-and-a-half-point favorite two Saturday nights ago when these two teams met to end out the penultimate Saturday of the college football regular season. Prime time in Salt Lake, and Utah was thoroughly impressive and dominant in that game, easily covering as a three-and-a-half-point home favorite, winning 38-7. to over Oregon at that time Oregon was ranked number three in the country had Oregon won that game and got here to the Pac-12 title game they would probably be favored to make it into the college football playoff but Utah said nah and then they stomped on the Ducks that Saturday night in Salt Lake they were a three and a half point favorite and I think that number certainly took into account the fact that Utah in Salt Lake this year was perfect a perfect unbeaten 6-0 straight up at home this year for the Utah Utes. Just three and three against the spread, but they did cover as a three and a half point favorite two Saturdays ago against the Ducks out of Eugene. But now a three and a half point spread in Utah's favor for the Pac-12 title game on a neutral site has worked in Oregon's favor, currently two and a half on the FanDuel Sportsbook. As we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here, the third and final hour of the morning after on this Wednesday, it is happy hour and I am very happy 
previewing conference championship weekend in college football. I am Ben Stevens, and you are listening on Sirius XM Channel 159, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast, a game that features two West Coast teams, or at least Pac-12 football teams, Oregon and Utah. Number 10, Oregon. Number 17, Utah. In the Pac-12 championship game, a rematch of just a couple of weeks ago, Utah currently a two-and-a-half-point favorite in the Pac-12 championship game against the Ducks of Oregon. And again, that number is important. It has already worked in Oregon's favor by a point early on here. This game will be on Friday night, so not Saturday. Only about 48-plus hours to go until the Pac-12 championship game in Las Vegas. Utah stomped Oregon 38-7 to just two Saturdays ago as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Now just a two-and-a-half-point favorite against Oregon. Utah was a perfect 6-0 at home this year straight up. But on the road, just 2-4 and four against the number. Oregon on the road this year has been an underdog three times. The only three times the Ducks have been booked as an underdog have been on the road. They have won two of those games outright. Maybe one of the most impressive victories in all of college football this year. Week number two of the regular season on the road as a 13.5-point underdog beating Ohio State outright in Columbus. Then they beat UCLA outright as a slight underdog in the Rose Bowl. Their only loss, of course, and not cover against Utah a couple of weeks ago. But Oregon has been good as an underdog and good on the road, or at least in a neutral site game. This is a neutral site game as well. Utah just 2-4. and four away from home against the number so far this season. We have two great rushing offenses and two great explosive rushing offenses, both rank in the top six in the country in average yard per attempt on the ground. Utah, the top team in the country, averaging 5.7 yards per attempt running the football. Oregon sixth, 5.5 yards per attempt running the football. It's a reason that over under total 59 and a half might lead you to an over if Oregon keeps up their scoring this time around. Only seven points in the first time these two teams met just two Saturdays ago. Conference championship weekend in college football is going to be fantastic. But week number 13 of the NFL starts tomorrow night. A Thursday night football preview up next here on The Grid. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Back right here on the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, channel 159, the new home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. I am Ben Stevens. Let's dive into Thursday night football in the NFL. Two teams that played on Turkey Day, so not a short week for either of these teams. The Dallas Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints in the Big Easy right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Cowboys a four-and-a-half-point road favorite. The over-under total, 47 and a half so this begins week number 13 of the nfl regular season 18 regular season weeks each team playing 17 games and now we are in the month of december that means playoff talk is going to be top of mind all rest of the way long you are going to see in the hunt graphics pretty much each and every time you watch an nfl football game 
So we will discuss the ramifications of this Cowboys and Saints game on the playoff picture here in just a moment. But first, let's break down this game from the perspective entering Thursday night football. What we know so far about the Dallas Cowboys, that Mike McCarthy, their head coach, has tested positive for COVID-19. He will miss Thursday night's game in New Orleans. There has been some reporting going around the NFL that the Cowboys are dealing with some other COVID issues and could be without some key members of the staff as well something to keep in mind and maybe why the line has worked in new orleans favor the cowboys opened up as a five-point favorite even worked in their favor first by a hook to five and a half yesterday afternoon now down currently to four and a half on the FanDuel sportsbook dallas has had a tough go here as of late they've lost three of their last four games they have only covered in one of those games as well but still one of the better ats marks in all of the nfl the cowboys this year eight and three against the spread now the cowboys have lost three or four new orleans has just lost four straight games only covering once in that four game span as well so both teams looking to utilize this thursday night football game to get back to where they want to be let's also focus on that over under total of 47 and a half new orleans last week on thanksgiving only scored six points so that game went under but prior to that they had played four straight games to an over. Dallas this year, six of 11 games to the over. And again, this is a Thursday night football game. It's not a short week. Both teams had a full week of rest after both played on Thanksgiving. But if you include the three games that we saw on Turkey Day, only one of the three went over a total. That was the Cowboys and the Raiders in overtime. So entering Thanksgiving, eight of the last nine Thursday night football games went under add in the two that went under on Thanksgiving that means that 10 of the last 12 Thursday night football games have gone under or Thursday football games for that matter so now you are seeing a total at 47 and a half on the FanDuel Sportsbook it has not moved from an opener of that over under at 47 and a half as well very strong trends 10 to the, 10 of the last 12 Thursday football games in the NFL hitting two and under and if the Cowboys are without some key play players or pieces a part of that coaching staff could be something to keep in mind New Orleans has certainly struggled offensively here and Taysom Hill will get the start for the New Orleans Saints and Alvin Kamara has been dealing with injuries we'll see if he's available to come back in this game you are also seeing the NFC conference championship odds right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook and as you're looking at these odds as they are currently up on FanDuel you will see that the Dallas Cowboys are plus 500 to win the NFC conference crown the fourth shortest odds at the moment the Bucks are the favorites at plus 280 then the Packers and the Cardinals both tied for the second shortest odds at plus 380 now the Dallas Cowboys at plus 500 this has been a number they've really circulated around for most of the last month and a half or so of this NFL campaign. It hasn't gotten better, but it also has not gotten worse over this recent slide the Cowboys have been on. They have lost three of their last four. They have only covered once. That was a 43-3 blowout of the Atlanta Falcons just a couple of weeks ago. So you see the Cowboys there at plus 500, still part of that power five of the NFC as we have dictated it through this year, where you have teams like the Bucks, Cardinals, Packers, Cowboys, and Rams that seem to be a leg above the rest in the NFC. The Rams have had movement against them in this marketplace to win an NFC conference title as well. Meanwhile, the New Orleans Saints now have the ninth best odds in the NFC to make the postseason. Plus 2 
30 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The ninth best odds would be on the outside looking in if the season ended today to earn an NFC wildcard spot. The Saints have lost four straight games. They are plus 230 behind the Eagles, who are plus 225 with the eighth best odds to make the postseason. Both of those teams trail the Minnesota Vikings, who are even money plus 100 to make the NFC postseason as it stands right now. And New Orleans has had movement against them throughout this marketplace in the last two weeks. They were minus 150 just a couple of weeks ago to make the postseason. They were minus three bills after they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That was their last win nearly a month ago now for the New Orleans Saints. So that is why the market has moved against them, plus 230. But if they can pull off an upset as a four-and-a-half-point home underdog against the Dallas Cowboys, that would go a long way to show that New Orleans is a legitimate contender to be an NFC wildcard team. We will await and see the result on Thursday night football. But New Orleans has been comfortable as an underdog so far this year. In fact, when you look at New Orleans against the number as a dog, four and two this year, ATS, as an underdog, but they have not covered in two straight games as a dog. They have been booked as an underdog the last three weeks of this NFL season. That was Trevor Simeon playing for the most part. Now it will be Taysom Hill in there for the New Orleans Saints. How does the offense look? Again, an offense that against one of the best scoring defenses in the NFL, of course, in the Buffalo Bills, only put up six points on Thanksgiving Day. So a four and a half point spread for this game between the Saints and the Cowboys. How exactly will that go tomorrow night to start off week 13 of the NFL season? As you look at this game, a few props are up on the FanDuel Sportsbook. And what I want to bring your attention to here as we look at the early portion of how to get an edge in this prop market. The only props that are up are touchdown scoring props right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Alvin Kamara is listed at minus 130, the best odds to score a touchdown tomorrow night on Thursday night football. Alvin Kamara has missed the last couple of weeks for the New Orleans Saints. If the book posts odds in any kind of prop market, it's generally a pretty strong indication that a player is trending toward playing in that game. Yes, they can be a late scratch if they go through pregame warmups and they don't feel great. Yes, all of that is true. But if already nearly 24 plus hours out, from Thursday night football. The FanDuel Sportsbook is giving you odds on Alvin Kamara to score a touchdown. A good indicator that Alvin Kamara should line up and be able to play in this game for the New Orleans Saints. Mark Ingram also in minus money at minus 105 to find the end zone. Now let's look at Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. Because if you remember, after Thanksgiving, when the Cowboys lost to the Las Vegas Raiders, Zeke did not look all that healthy, and there was some conversation after the game that Ezekiel Elliott might rest up over the next couple of weeks to be ready for the playoff push for this Dallas Cowboys offense. If that is to be the case on not a short week, but again, a Thursday night football game, might we see Tony Pollard take a lion's share of the action for this Cowboys offense? We know that Tony Pollard got into the end zone for the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Right now, he is plus 130 plus 130 to score a touchdown tomorrow night on Thursday night against the New Orleans Saints. I'm really liking that anytime touchdown prop on Tony Pollard as things stand because even with Ezekiel Elliott in the game, we know that Tony Pollard has been a feature back of this Kellen Moore Dallas offense throughout a majority of this Dallas Cowboys season. So at plus 130, he's looking pretty good right now. And if by the time we get up tomorrow morning, Ezekiel Elliott might be questionable or might be ruled out, 
of this Thursday night football game against the New Orleans Saints, Tony Pollard might get flipped to minus money, if not just get a lot shorter in his price to score a touchdown tomorrow night on Thursday night. Again, the Cowboys, a four-and-a-half-point favorite on the road right now in the Big Easy against the Saints. The over-under total, 47-and-a-half. A full preview of that game coming tomorrow on the morning after. On the other side of the break, here on the morning after, Cam Rogers joins the program. A little golf talk up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the SportsGrid network. I am Ben Stevens, and now very pleased to welcome on to the program on this first day of December and a Wednesday morning, Cam Rogers, the host of the Lock It In podcast for the Believe Podcast Network, our PGA Tour slash Tiger Woods expert here on the grid and the morning after. Cam, first and foremost, thank you for being here on this Wednesday morning. What's going on, Ben? Great to be with you as always. Happy holiday season to you and yours. Thank you very much. Right back at you as well, Cam Rogers. It was a slight holiday season gift to hear from Tiger Woods yesterday. Ahead of his Hero World Challenge in the Bahamas, Tiger speaking with the media for the first time since that very terrifying car accident last February. We had not heard from Tiger in quite some time, but Cam, he had a lot to say yesterday on his future in the game of golf, how his health feels right now, when we might see him return to playing in a golf tournament. What did you take away from what Tiger had to say yesterday? Yeah, it's a little bit different than what we are expected to hear from Tiger Woods talking about going back to the mountaintop. I'll be back full time on the PGA Tour. I'm gunning for all the major championships. This was a Tiger Woods with perspective. We're talking about a guy who very possibly could have walked out of that hospital with one leg. So this is somebody who understands how lucky he is, how he made out, number one, alive, number two, with two legs, and number three, being able to still swing a golf club, as we saw a couple of weeks ago. But he put the brakes down on any high expectations, contending on the PGA Tour again, anything of that sort. He really doesn't know if he is going to return to the PGA Tour, let alone actually contend on tour so i think everybody has to have low expectations i know that's a little bit weird when we're talking about the greatest golfer to ever walk this earth but i caution everybody out there take it day by day still with tiger woods even though we heard from him yesterday signs point toward a positive direction but still that was a really traumatic accident that happened i know he's superman to a lot of us out there but he's still human at the end of the day and he's talking about you know being a good dad, being a good boyfriend, his foundation. He has more priorities now than, say, playing on the PGA Tour. And he's at peace with that. We should be, too. Yeah, I think perspective is absolutely necessary for Tiger Woods right now. Not only of what he went through in this recovery from that terrifying car accident and the idea that amputation was on the table, as he put it yesterday, but he's also 45 years old. So the fact that he's just here and able to be a dad, that's a huge thing. But Tiger did mention 
how he started hitting balls a little bit earlier and walking around unassisted a little bit earlier than the medical people advised him to do. So that competitive fire always burns bright for Tiger Woods. It would be wonderful to see him back in a premier event. And you know that Phil Mickelson, who won a major championship at 50 years old to become the oldest to ever do it, that probably sparked a little bit in Tiger Woods as well. So Cam, if we ever see Tiger Woods back, it will be on a limited basis. But what would the expectation level be like for Tiger returning to golf? You know, it's an interesting question because every time Tiger Woods plays on the PGA Tour, he plays with the expectation to win, right? So he doesn't play golf to make the cut, to get top 20s, to cash a paycheck. Look, this guy could retire tomorrow and he'd be just fine. We know that. A lot of tour players could do that, Phil Mickelson included. So I think he's going to have to change his thinking a little bit, maybe not have the expectation to win every single week, or... He's not going to play ever again until he thinks he can win in a given week. So it really is an interesting sort of situation for him. And only time will tell, only the rehab will tell in terms of whether he can get to that point where he can win at Augusta National. Win at St. Andrews, perhaps in July of 2022 mm. at the Open Championship. He made some noise about that, right? So it all comes down to whether he can win in a given week. I'm telling you right now, I don't think he's going to change his mindset that, yeah, I'm okay with just finishing inside the top 20 this week. That's not the Tiger Woods we know. That's not the way he is now. That's not the way he'll ever be, in my opinion. Let's just say if he wins another major championship, guaranteed I will be bawling my eyes out and watching Tiger do that again. He has been a fighter. He has been a comeback artist throughout the entirety of his career. He has wowed us many a time. Might there be one more in store for Tiger Woods? Tiger will not be playing this week in the Bahamas, Sam, but he is the host of the Hero World Challenge, a great golf event with some of the biggest names in the entire sport. So when you look at the outright board to win this championship, a lot of short prices. Why is that, Cam Rogers, based on the tournament setup this week in the Bahamas? Yeah, Hero World Challenge, technically not an official PGA Tour event this week, but all of the stars are out. Abraham Answer, Scotty Scheffler, Patrick Reed, Brooks Kepka, Bryson, the match players are back, so that'll be fun to watch this week. Only a 20-golfer event, no cut. That's why we have this condensed leaderboard, if you will, in terms of the outright market. Somebody I'm really looking at this week is one Justin Thomas, who is at 9-1 to one to win this week. Deadly with his irons, T5 in his third appearance here two years ago. Closed out the fall with a solo third at Mayakoba. Justin Thomas, a good friend of Tiger Woods, by the way. So he's got the Tiger Woods mm. friend vibes going this week. This golf course is very interesting, too. Albany Golf Club. It's a par 72, 7,300 yards, five par fives, five par threes, and eight par fours. You don't see that a lot out there on the PGA Tour, although this is not a PGA Tour event, but still... Something to kind of keep in mind here this week. If you can score on those par fives, Justin Thomas certainly can. They're going to have success this week. I like him in the outright market. But this is actually one of the rare weeks, Ben, where I encourage you to sprinkle, if not put a good amount of cash down on the outright market because you have a 1 in 20 shot of actually getting it right rather than 1 out of 156. Right, and that's why the prices are so short, but when it's a shorter field, it's easier to choose somebody that has that value, and Cam Rogers always provides the value here on the morning after. The host of the Lock It In podcast for the Believe Podcast Network. Cam, you are also great when it comes to the prop markets for any given golf event, sanctioned PGA Tour or not. Where do you think some of the value is 
in the prop markets, whether it's finishing positions, matchups, whatever it might be for the Hero World Challenge. I see a lot of good value here this week with one Patrick Reed for a top five plus 360 mm. over at FanDuel Sportsbook. Again, more of a dart throw because he hasn't been playing all too well recently. Shout out to Taylor Swift. Great song. But he has played this event each year. <laughs> it's taking place at Albany T3 in 2019. Two other top five finishes. Not a dry eye in this apartment when I'm listening to All Too Well, by the way. Patrick Reed, I love his game right now. I think it's worth a dart throw, in my opinion, with that value number there. Top American, Justin Thomas, 7-2-1. Might as well run it back if I'm picking him to win it, right? So I like that play as right. well. How about this one for top Englishmen? You're only competing against two other guys in this category, Matt Fitzpatrick and Tyrrell Hatton. I'm talking about one, Justin Rose at plus 185. Spends quite a bit of time at Albany. He knows this golf course very, very well. Top five finishes in each of the last three years. He was T12 at the RSM Classic not too long ago. So I like that play there as well. And then an ode to Brooks Kepka for a top 10. Minus uh -oh. 120. Why not? Riding the momentum after winning the match over Bryson DeChambeau in really impressive fashion, by the way. Five and three. Bryson was like never within shouting distance of Brooks in that iteration of the match. So Brooks Kepka for a top 10. I like that play. You might think that Brooks Kepka at minus 110 to finish top 10 is pretty good odds on Kepka. Well, it's actually some of the worst odds on this board. There's a lot shorter prices or a lot better prices for people that are a lot more minus money to finish top 10 in a top or in a 20 person event that we have this week at the Hero World Challenge. Cam, I used to go to this event that Tiger would host on a weekly basis when it was in Southern California. Back in the day, it was known as many other things. And the greatest moment of my spectator life was waiting off the ninth green with my father. We would camp out there. And Tiger, who even in a non-sanctioned PGA Tour event, is as serious a competitor as they come. I was about eight or nine years old, and Tiger was walking off the ninth green, and I said something to him, and he looked and gave me a head nod. And I was like, that might as well be somebody giving me a kiss on the cheek. That's how much you can get out of a reaction from Tiger Woods. So I can't wait for this event. And it was great to hear and see Tiger yesterday as the host of the Hero World Challenge. A smaller event, smaller prices. That's what we like this week in the world of golf. Also, Cam, as you look at the NFL this weekend, only about a minute and a half left here. You're the host of the Lock It In podcast, not only giving us golf plays every week, but also a couple of NFL leans for week number 13. What stands out to you most? I'm looking at this double-digit point spread for the Atlanta Falcons, plus 11 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here this week. They're at home, the Falcons are. And the Bucs have been a different team, Ben, on defense on the road this year. They're conceding the second-most points per play on the road. The Bucs own a league worst. One in five road against the spread record here in 2021. This is a divisional matchup. You're not asking the Falcons to win this football game. I'm asking them to keep it within 10 points and really – I don't think that's a stretch, quite frankly, and there might be even some value there at plus 390 to win outright. The Falcons are a gritty team. Cordell Patterson's doing some impressive things, in my opinion. So I like what the Falcons are doing there. The Cincinnati Bengals at minus 1-3, they're the more consistent team here as compared to the Los Angeles Chargers, their opponent this week. Yep. I'm not really sure who the Chargers are, Ben. What's their identity? You're an L.A. guy. Help me out here because they can't stop the run. They're trying to air it out a little bit. I think they should pound the rock a little bit more to give that defense some rest so they're not doing it to the degree that I would like. Meanwhile, here's the deal for the Bengals. 
Joe Mixon 35 to 40 times. Old school AFC North run the football sort of style. And I think that's going to be the methodology this week for Sean Taylor and company. So I like the Bengals minus three as well. Cam, as an L.A. guy, I can't tell you what the Chargers are. They've lost four of their last six. They haven't covered in that span just one time as a pick favorite, so I don't know. Cam Rogers, the host of the Lock It In podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you so much. We'll talk again soon. More of the morning after, up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM, channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. And all across the Sports Grid network, I am Ben Stevens. Now very pleased to welcome on to the show Drew Martin Betts, the man we know as DMB, here to help you get set for conference championship weekend in college football, maybe with a little sprinkle in college hoops as well. But the focus, Drew, is college football is conference championship weekend can't wait to pick your brain about that today ben always good to be on with you buddy you know championship saturday championship weekend in college football is already here it it really did go too fast man um i i know they'll be in about you know a month and a half two months from now when the bowl season is over we're gonna really wish college football was around us but hey it is what it is this weekend is a fun one, and uh, always always good to be breaking down the games with you here uh, on the morning after, buddy. Yeah, Drew, my favorite sport by a landslide. I cannot believe we have already reached this point of the college football season. Yes, still so much to go. We have the college football playoff. We have the national championship game. A full bowl season this year, we hope as well, but a little bittersweet that we have already made it to conference championship weekend, which is an important distinction because the Pac-12 plays their title game on Friday night out in Las Vegas. And Drew, we broke down this game earlier. Utah now just currently a two and a half point favorite. The market has worked in the favor of Oregon, who opened up as a three and a half point underdog. Now the Ducks getting just two and a half points past that number of three for the Pac-12 championship game. Who do you think, Drew Martin, has the edge? Is it the Utes of Utah or the Ducks of Oregon? Ben, I think it's the Utes here. I mean, this Utah team is is very, very good. You know, a very talented team, a well-coached team under Whittingham. You know, Utah's 8-1 and one since Cam Rising took over as the starting quarterback mm-hmm. here after that 1-2 and two start. That was a long time ago for the Utes. couple stats that point me towards Utah. One, Whittingham 8-1 and one against the spread versus avenging foes. And, of course, these two teams just playing a couple weeks ago and now playing again after Utah really smashed Oregon. This is one thing I like to go look back at. Since 2000, Ben, there has been 94 times since 2000 that there has been a, a a chance for revenge in the championship game, meaning two teams are playing again in the championship game. And it's really only 46 and 48 straight up for the avenging team and 48 and 46 against the spread. So when people say like revenge, 
to tell you the truth, over the last 20-ish years, there really hasn't been anything there from a betting perspective. So seeing that Utah is playing such good football, the matchup standpoint, now granted it was in Salt Lake City last time they played, now it's going to be in Las Vegas. Um, I still just think up front, you know, we saw it with our own eyes, the offensive and defensive line, that advantage really went towards the Utes. I could see that happening again in Las Vegas this time around. And with uh, Utah really being the, uh, the the better team in the trenches, I, I could see a little bit more of the same here. I don't think this is enough on the Utes. I think Utah is the side. It's one that I bet Friday Night Lights in Las Vegas. Also, side note here, Ben, Las Vegas hosting the Pac-12 championship game, I think is a huge positive for the conference. Seeing it back, you know, in, in San Francisco, sometimes it was kind of like a half-filled stadium. Now, Las Vegas is going to bring the heat here. I was always a big fan of kind of conference championship games being at the home team, maybe the better record. But if the Pac-12 can pull this off in Las Vegas, and I think they will be, I think this is going to be a really big ticket to come for years to come for the conference. But for this game Friday night, I'm betting the Utes, Ben. Yeah, I mean, a lot of conference championship games have permanent homes at a neutral site. You could obviously correlate the SEC championship game in Atlanta. The Big Ten has been going to Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis for a while. The Pac-12 has bounced back and forth, but if they can hunker down in Las Vegas, that will be a destination for whatever two teams make it to the Pac-12 championship game. Now, Drew, there has been some line movement, like we mentioned. Utah opened up as a three-and-a-half-point favorite, now just two-and-a-half on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I personally hate line movement in college football. In the NFL, it's fun to monitor. It moves up and down throughout the week. You have the public guys, the sharp people, all that stuff. In college football, I feel like line movement is pretty indicative of how the game is going to go. What do you take away from the line moving in Oregon's favor by a point? Um, I, you know, in college football, it's interesting you bring it up because I think line movement isn't always the same between two different sports, you know, and, and especially two different leagues. Like you're talking about the NFL and college football for me, Ben, I'm not, I'm not very interested in, in say like the other, maybe like mainstream, bigger thinking in college football. Um, I, I pretty much, you know, I spend a ton of time watching these games, researching these games. Um, I trust my power numbers, you know, no offense to anybody out there. There's a lot of smart handicappers out yeah. there, but more than any line move in this particular sport, that being college football. So it moving from three and a half to two and a half. It's a bigger bet for me uh, around that key number of three. So um, I, I think it's a buy low opportunity on Utah. I'm not changing my thinking. I'm not changing my betting just because the market moved against me. Yeah, I've noticed the last couple of weeks I would have a bet and the line moves on Saturday. I'm like, dang it, that probably is not going to work in my favor. But earlier in the week, still a lot of time for a lot of more public attention to come into the Pac-12 championship game. The Mountain West championship game also features a team from Utah, Utah State, taking on San Diego State. Utah State, a five-and-a-half-point underdog right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook against the Aztecs of SDSU, the over-under total 49-and-a-half. Drew, what is your breakdown for the Mountain West title game? Sure, heading back to the Beehive State here. Uh, that's the state of Utah, in case you didn't know, guys. Um, so I'm going on Utah and Utah State here, the Aggies in the Mountain West Championship. And a lot of people probably... You know, talking about the prestige factor, Ben, 
don't really know a lot about Utah State. Uh, the Aggies, they're a really good team, a team that went one in five last season and actually chose mm-hmm. not to play their last game. A coaching change in the offseason. They bring over head coach Anderson from Arkansas State. So if you bet the Sun Belt over, hey, probably the last decade, you know this guy. He's a really good coach. Actually, it's kind of a sad story. His wife passed away. He wanted to change, comes out to Logan, Utah. And here's the key element of it, Ben. He brings his quarterback, Logan Bonner, to Logan, Utah, and they have absolutely hit it off. He has over 30 touchdown passes. He has the most prolific season in Utah State history. And keep in mind, they just had Jordan Love, a first-round NFL uh, draft selection just a couple years ago, and he's already kind of flirting with his st- his uh, kind of record-breaking stats there at Utah State. So when you start talking about who has the better offense in this game, there's no doubt it's Utah State. And San Diego State, you can see why, you know, they're favored. One, the prestige factor, the Aztecs, they're quote-unquote the home team here, Ben. Uh, this is the Mountain West Championship game that's played at the home team. They're 11-1. So when you do kind of surface-level handicapping, they have a lot better record. Um, also, talking about Utah State, they're one of only, what, 10 teams in FBS with either one or zero losses. And another thing here, I, I I don't know that the market's fully incorporating. They're actually playing their home games in Carson, California. It's not San Diego mm. State right. there. Utah State has the better offense, the better quarterback, and they're playing really good football. I think they're underrated right now. And uh, for all of those reasons, I think actually the Aggies, 5-0 and on the road and on a huge ATS run, 5-1 and their last six games, Ben. I'm on Utah State. One of my best bets uh, for this weekend, buddy. Here's my best bet. Sit down for that Mountain West Championship game and watch the punter for San Diego State, Matt Ariza, boot the football. He is the best punter in all of college football. So look out for that in the Mountain West title game as well. Drew, you can see the Auburn helmet over your right shoulder. The Tigers of Auburn gave Alabama all they could handle in the Iron Bowl this past Saturday at Jordan-Hare. Quadruple overtime, but the tide prevailed by two points in that two-point shootout. And now Alabama going to the SEC championship game against Georgia. The tide, a a six-and-a-half-point underdog. The first time that Alabama has been an underdog since the 2015 season. The only time, now the second time in the past 12 years, Alabama has been booked as an underdog. Drew, do you think Alabama is the right side of things as an underdog in the SEC title game? You know, Ben, this is a really tough question. Speaking of being an Auburn grad, these are our two most hated rivals going for an SEC championship. (laughs) It's kind of choose between uh, both evils here. But talking about this matchup, I do, actually. I think Alabama, uh, what do do a lot of the market, the sports betting market, a lot of uh, uh, the public money, what do they remember most? What they saw last. And that was Alabama's struggle and Georgia smashed Georgia Tech. So sure enough, the look-ahead line coming into this was four. Now we're seeing six and a half. That's a two-and-a-half-point move on Georgia because of last week. And really, you could see that coming. I mean, Alabama, a 20-point favorite in Jordan-Hare, a place where they've really struggled. Probably, not probably, it is the the stadium that they've struggled in the most across the country. And mm. you could see that coming. But at the same time, they found a way to win. They came back. Now they're going up against Georgia. Now, I think this Alabama defense, uh, Ben, is is actually going to hold Georgia at bay offensively. I don't think Georgia necessarily has that next level um, kind of big playmakers 
uh, at the quarterback position, really at the wide receiver position to really go downfield and create that much damage to cover big spreads here. They're going to have to win by a touchdown plus against a really good Nick Saban coached Alabama team. I, I look at this more of a toss up, you know, let's let's face it. It's in Atlanta. Um, I, I'm not I think it's going to be, you know, about the attendance half and half here in Georgia. Really, really good defensively. I think Alabama is actually going to struggle moving the football. I like the under here. If you made me bet the game, and I likely will by kickoff, be on this under. Maybe wait for a little bit more uh, money to come in on the over. It being you know probably the marquee game of the weekend. So if we could get this up, uh, maybe near fifty, which I could maybe see by kickoff betting the under just because we saw Alabama's you know offensive line really struggle against Auburn's defensive line well now they're going up against even a better defensive line in Georgia so I think they're going to have trouble moving the ball and at the same time I don't think Georgia's going to be moving the ball up and down the field against this Alabama defense so I like the under if you make me pick a side I'd probably take the dog here with Alabama and the total, Drew, has dropped already by two points. It opened at 50 and a half, now at 48 and a half. Oftentimes, when you think about backing an underdog, you like the under. I think that if you correlate these two markets, the spread and the total, that if Alabama is going to cover or win this football game, you will need an over because Alabama will have to score against the best scoring defense in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs, who have only allowed 69 offensive points in all 12 games of this regular season. Drew Martin quickly here, only about a minute left. Any college basketball action you got tonight? Sure. What about Arizona State and Washington State going at it in the Pac-12? Some injuries at the guard position from both of them. And we're seeing a pretty high total here, Ben. I know a lot of people think the Sun Devils up and down the court, but actually haven't been scoring as much. Their offensive efficiency down. Washington State, Arizona State, Pac-12 after dark, Ben. I was looking towards the under in that matchup. I like that look, Drew Martin. Early on this year, a couple of unders hitting in college basketball. Drew Martin bets DMB as we know him, breaking it down for conference championship weekend across the country in college football and a college hoops play for you to look out for on this Wednesday night. Drew, as always, thank you very much for your time. Hey, thanks for having me, Big Ten Ben. Enjoy the Big Ten championship game and all of the championship games, buddy. Uh, talk to you next week, man. Cash those tickets. It is going to be an incredible weekend. We end out the show with a college basketball best bet. Bye, bye, bye is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number three, one of the happiest hours of the entire day here on the morning after, about to come to a close, which means our show for this Wednesday, the first day in the month of December, also must come to an end. But before we say farewell, before we say goodbye, it's time for our best bet of the day in the college basketball landscape. Big Ten, ACC Challenge time. It's also time for Bye Bye Bye.
Also, just to note, eight games so far in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. The Big Ten has been victorious in six of those eight games. One of the two wins for the ACC, my alma mater, the Syracuse Orange, in a double overtime thriller last night at the Carrier Dome, beating Indiana 112-110. Something to keep in mind as you approach the Big Ten ACC Challenge on this Wednesday night. Where my attention goes is Georgia Tech and Wisconsin. The Badgers, a three-and-a-half-point road favorite against the Yellow Jackets on this Wednesday night. The over-under total is 130-and-a-half, and that is my focus, that over-under total of 130-and-a-half and an under for this game between the Badgers and the Yellow Jackets. As you approach this from a Wisconsin perspective, Wisconsin has only been averaging 63 points per game in their last four games. Why is that important? Because Wisconsin might control the pace of play of this game. They rank 301st out of 358 college basketball teams in terms of adjusted tempo marks this year in college basketball. That means they are playing slow, and when you look at Wisconsin, they have the eighth most efficient defense as well. This is the second biggest total of the year for the Badgers. Yes, Georgia Tech can score, but I think Wisconsin dictates the pace of play. If Wisconsin holds Georgia Tech to like 60 or less points, I think we see an under 130 and a half between Wisconsin and Georgia Tech in the Big Ten ACC Challenge tonight. The morning after, each and every weekday, right here on SportsGrid. 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time, each and every weekday. I'm Ben Stevens. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Are you one of us? We've just got one question. Do you like games? We do. Do you like winning? What a coincidence. 